This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Hello everyone, I'm Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs and the host of Vegas Rock Dog Radio. On today's show, I'm talking about pet emergency hotline service, the link between junk joint mobility oh it's going to be one of those shows the link between joint mobility and anxiety in dogs and a unique way of adopting dogs so stay right there let's bring on the host sam the queen of rock and roll dogs. Well, hello everyone. As you could hear right at the top of the show, already started with a big flub, despite the fact that I did my warm-up exercises this morning. I knew you were going to say flub. Flub, you did? Flub was in my brain when you said flub. It I was, was about to say you flubbed up. Can I have a little bit more of my headphones, please? Thank you, Mr. Jim. That is Mr. Jim producer extraordinaire in the studio with me today and i've also got mr twix miss thornton they've had a four mile walk and they've had a shower this morning and they are going to now nap because it's been an eventful well they've been on the go for what three hours already haven't they yeah it's busy (laughs) so welcome to the show everyone i'm sam i'm known as the queen of rock and roll dogs i did not give that name to myself that was given to me over time with all the work that i've done with animals animal rescue blah 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 tralala jim i don't know if i'm deaf today but if i can have a bit more in my headphones that would be wonderful you might be deaf yeah i i feel like i'm a little bit underwater um, so we've got a good show today. We've got lots of um, interesting topics and one I think is extremely important. But before we actually get to that, let's tell you where you can find us all over the Internet. Of course, our website, Vegas Rock Dog Radio, is the main hub for everything Vegas Rock Dog Radio. You can listen to the show live straight from the site and that can be on your phone or your laptop or your iPad. And uh, of course, you can find us on Periscope, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr and Instagram. We have a blog. The blog is therockandrolldog.com. And after the show, after the live show, you can catch us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spoke by SiriusXM, Spotify, uh, Podchaser, Spreaker, uh, Deezer. Uh, <laughs> a little bit obnoxious, isn't it? But if you have some kind of a podcast app on your phone, you will find us. And of course, Google, Google Play, that's a popular one as well. So uh, pretty easy. Just search Vegas Rock Dog or Vegas Rock Dog Radio and you'll find does jim i swear i cannot hear today i need help i can't give you any more because i'm gonna blow my ears out oh you'll be fine oh it's all about your ears isn't it jim well why should somebody lose their hearing because somebody (laughs) wants blasting it's not blasting i just can't Uh, hear it very well so if you're new to this show this is how it goes at the top of the show every single week we uh do a little catch up and a little someone's like roasting of each other uh, what's been happening this other thing? Well, Downton Abbey. For my Downton Abbey fans, I saw the film. I won't give any spoilers. It did not disappoint. I absolutely loved it, and I particularly loved the music. Did you like the music a lot, Jim? Quite good. I did too. I thought it was amazing. Anyway, of course, with anything that's kind of pop culture-ish, other things spin off from that. So I was on Amazon and searched, put a thing in for uh, Downton Abbey, and all kinds of things came up related to animals, like Docton Abbey. And then they had um, 
they had Meowton Abbey and it was, you know, pet themed Downton Abbey stuff. Thought it was great. I've shared that last week actually on well, since I saw the movie. So within the last week I've shared that on our Facebook page. So if you just do a little scroll through, you'll find them. Fabulous. So I think if if you're a Downton Abbey fan and you love cats, you love ducks or other animals, you'll find something related to Downton Abbey. Wouldn't that be a brilliant gift, Jim, for someone who loves loves animals and Downton Abbey at the same time? Yep. It would be, wouldn't it? So, uh, yeah, loved it. Absolutely fantastic. And, of course, there's a dog that features. Because remember, at the end of, of season six, you, he, you know he was given that puppy. You know what? I love that scene because I think that was a genuine reaction to that him getting that dog. I think that was absolutely genuine. And you saw him almost forget that he was Lord Grantham. And this whole soft side came out, and it was fantastic. I think it was acting. No, I don't think it was. I think it's called acting. I think it was, I can't wait to do this scene with this dog. And I think that is how he feels about dogs. Because if you go back and watch it, it's just, oh, it's so great. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, go and see Downton Abbey. You don't have to have watched the six uh, you know, the six seasons to to understand the film. Because the film is about an event that happens at Downton Abbey, which is the King and Queen come to visit. So if you don't know the characters, you will still thoroughly enjoy it. The main character really is the castle, Downton Abbey, Highclere Castle. It's a real, a real one in England. And... It was written by Julian Fellows. He's friends with Lady, uh, the Duke and Lady Carnarvon, who own Highclere, which they don't say own. They say that they're the custodians of it, because, of course, it is going to go through the generations. And uh, they start talking about some of the things that happened at Highclere and the stories, and, and that's how it got, got written. It's not an exact, you know, you know, recollection of what's happened at Highclere Castle. But in, there is one scene, though, in the film, and there's a ball that doesn't happen at Highclere. It happens somewhere else. And that happens to be at one of your favorite places, Jim, that we took you to in England. Wentworth Woodley. Well, no, it's not Woodley. Woodley Woodlands. <laughs> it's not that either. Woodley Whitlands. It's not that either. <laughs> That's why I'm asking you. Because Wentworth. Went, w- Wentworth J.G. Wood, J.G. Wentworth. W- no, it was Wentworth. Look it up, Jim. Wentworth Wood. Wood. Mm. It's amazing. I think it has the widest frontage. Of, uh, of a stately home. And it's unbelievable. Well, anyway, the ballroom scene is filmed in there. And then my twin sister tells me, oh, yeah, I've been in that ballroom. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I, have to, I have to go. I have to go. I, have to, I want to go to the ballroom. But that was, uh, uh, for me, a great thing to be doing the last weekend. And we went to the cinema where you can buy booze and you can recline. And so I took my blanket with me as well. <laughs> and it was just like being at home. It was great. So uh, that was a little recap. What else have we been up to, Jim? Wentworth Woodhouse. Wentworth Woodhouse. Look Wentworth it up. Wentworth Woodhouse. You'll find it very interesting. Very, very interesting. Distortion. Uh, what else, Jim? What else have you? I feel like I haven't seen you all week, to be honest with you. And I mean, I've been busy because I started a second show. Oh, my Lord. I started a second show called Spill the Tea. And it's a, it's a show, a Facebook live show, actually, for British expats around the world and... Uh, Anglophiles. So if you like things British or just want to see what the heck the Brits like to get up to, especially those that live in different countries, then tune into the show. You can just go to, actually our website is spilltheteelive.com and that's where you'll find us on on uh, all social media platforms and uh, the logo is a little red teapot that says spill the tea on it. But I've been very, very busy with that. A uh, little bit different from what we do with this show because we don't actually, we do go live on the internet but we actually don't film it, which we will do eventually. But it has meant I've had to put a lot more makeup on and do my hair more times in a week than I normally do. <laughs> Plan an outfit. Do you want me to tell you a little bit about Woodhouse while I have it up? Uh, let me just finish off about my new show. Whoa, what's going on there? Twix has got a cone on right now. They want biscuits. We're trying to take care of his ear. So he, he's shaking his head and whacking it against everything. Uh, give so him the, two more biscuits. So the new show, uh, as I say, it's been up. It'll be our third week this coming Monday. If you want to catch us live on Facebook, Spill the Tea Live. It's quite fun, actually. Um, yes, tell, tell, tell us about... Is, is there anything animal related to it? It's the largest private residence in the UK, privately owned. It's owned by a trust, but it's a it, it is owned by a trust now. Thank goodness. But it's private. It's not public trust. Okay. More than three hundred rooms. The exact number is not sure. How do you know you don't have have three hundred rooms? Must you know, have secret rooms. High Claire has three hundred rooms as well. Downton Abbey in real life. Two hundred and fifty thousand square foot. Mm. It's fabulous. 
find some animal. 180 acre park. <gasps> you know what they did? They they erected the biggest scaffolding in in the in the country to renovate it. But they uh, they constructed it in a way that you could actually walk up on the scaffolding certain areas and see the work that was being done. Anything animal related to to that to that building, Jim? That's interesting. I'll go through and find out. Yeah, that's really good. Fantastic. Well, let me get started on our very first topic while Jim looks that up. I mean. Back in those times, by the way, before we get onto our topic, animals were a huge feature. I mean, a huge fe- feature in people's lives, and in particularly in art and sculpture and that kind of thing. So hopefully Jim will find something interesting. But let's go on to this topic. This is such an important topic, and I didn't even know this service even existed. And you know me, I know what's out there. And I didn't know this existed, and I'm so glad it glad it does. How many times? Well, this was as recently actually. Uh, very late at night, I was cleaning Mister Twix's ears with a cotton ball and a little bit of coconut oil, which is, you know, tasty to dogs. And Thornton, who never eats anything weird ever, doesn't chew anything up, doesn't eat weird stuff, came up, and I didn't actually see us swallow it. I just know that I had three. And then I had two. Then I had terror and panic. Like, oh, my gosh. And then what do you end up doing? You start doing a whole, my first thing is like, oh, let me just quickly Google that. Ugh. I don't know. Dr. Google can be more of a problem than a help at times, to be honest with you. So we did end up calling the um, VECC here in town. They are 24 hours. Very kindly, because this is not normally the case. They said she'll probably be okay. How big is she? What does she weigh? Blah blah blah, tra la la, and just keep an eye on her. And she was fine. I mean, she was totally fine. But that was a, a situation where normally they would say, typically they would say, "Come on in," you know. Or if you just didn't have peace of mind, you would just go, "We've got to go in. We've got to go." And as you know, if you're going anywhere at that time of night for your pets, you're definitely going to be putting your hand in your pocket to pay for those for those services. So they used the house to, for some of the scenes to film Downton Abbey and Victoria. I know they did because they did the ballroom scene. I think Jim. I'm on a separate topic. I, I think Jim was not listening. <laughs> I'm on a separate topic. I know you are, Jim. But let me finish this one, then we'll follow up with yours after. See, no, it's I'm, okay. I'm done. You know, oh, there's no animal things. No animal. Okay. You see how that went? We went down a whole rab- a horse we went down a whole rabbit hole there. It's like Alice in Wonderland right now. There's a now. horse sculpture in there, but that's about it. So let's get back to our real life experience. And so that was one thing that happened. Another thing that happened: I had a red elastic, flat elastic headband on. It wasn't very wide, and it pinged off my head, and I wasn't faster than Mister Twix, and he he grabbed it and swallowed it. Mm-hmm. Now, I kept saying, no, it's got to be around here. It's bright red. Where is it? We swallowed it. Oh, here we go. So these are the kind of things that happen that panic pet parents, especially at a weird time of, of night, and you just start freaking out. Vomiting, diarrhea, they just all of a sudden look very lethargic. Um, they've lost their appetite, and then, or they're not, they're not drinking, or they're just acting weird. Or you just think they don't look like they normally do. They're not acting like they normally do. Um, unexplained pain, uh, related uh, anything related to diabetes management, uh, maybe a recent surgery your pet's had and something's odd and off, limping, um, they've cut themselves, uh, something happened with a wound, there's bleeding, they've eaten something dangerous, hello, I think that's probably a lot of people, skin rash, a runny nose, trembling, ear pain, uh, they're in trouble urinating or, or going to the bathroom. I mean, that's the, that's the short list of things that happen. And you just get panicked. And I've always said this. I've always said this. Get symptoms treated immediately because it is easier to treat than leaving something a really long time. And it's probably going to be cheaper to treat if you don't leave something a really long time. And I can't tell you this enough. How many people message me at all hours? They explain stuff that was happening to their pets, yeah? By the way, you know I'm not a vet, <laughs> but because of what I do, everybody does reach out to me for various things, and they'll say, "I don't know, my dog's leg is bleeding from a cut. What shall I do?" <laughs> and I know what they're saying is, they 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 either can't afford to get to the vet, or they're just scared of how big the bill is going to be, basically, and hope that they can do something 
you know, themselves. And my first response is always grab your keys, get in the car and go to the vet is what you need to do. So I get a lot of that. And, um, and I know what it is, as I say, you know, but, uh, my co-host in the new show we're doing, he just had to take his cat in, um, $2,000. Very, very, I think it was like one in the morning, $2,000. So it happens and it happens all the time. You probably hear my dogs crunching their treats in the background here. <laughs> you know, aren't they funny? <laughs> so what do you do? What do you do? For example, if your dog's eating something, it's one o'clock in the morning. What the heck can you do? Don't Google it. <laughs> Just don't Google it. This is what you're going to do. So I'm telling you what to do. <laughs> you are going to call the pet emergency hotline. And it is powered by the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center. And I didn't I didn't know of it. I just couldn't believe I didn't, didn't know about it. Didn't we call it once? No, we did not. We called the poison. We called the poison hotline. For a, no, for we, a specific company. No, we didn't. We actually called the company. Oh, the gosh. Company I'm, had a I'm sorry hotline. we're going off on a whole tangent here, but we did. We, what ended up happening is one of our dogs ate or, or got into one of those ant traps. We, and we couldn't, we didn't, I don't know how, I don't, I think we just started call, calling whoever we could. And we called the actual company that makes them and they answered. And it was a random time of night. It was really weird. And they said, oh, no, it's food-based. It's not poison-based. So don't worry about it. They're going to be fine. So, oh, thank goodness for that. So, um, but I was surprised that they, they, you know, answered the phone. But, no, we never called because I would have called had I known about this service. So uh, Kimmy Whitehead, she, she reached out to me, and uh, she is a veterinarian herself, and uh, said, you know, hey, we've got this, we've got this hotline, and, you know, they, they want people to know about it. Well, I want everyone to know about it too. And now that, now that I do, get ready, everyone. <laughs> It'll be on my um, must-have telephone numbers in your phone uh, after this show itself. But it is powered by the um, ASPCA, ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center. I'm going to give you the number right now, right off the top. Write it down, people. Of course, I'm going to put it in the notes. But the number is one 867 7387 you must have that in your phone. And when I tell you about this amazing service... I want to give that number one more time. One eight eight No, one 867 Don't worry, we'll be sharing this everywhere. Put it in your phone. <laughs> Jim just walked into the mic. Put it in your phone. Because when I explain this service to you, you're going to say, yes, this is... I need this ready if I need it. So here we go. This is, this is what they do. They say, call us for veterinary advice during your pet's emergency, anytime, anywhere. Pet emergency hotline is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on-call triage service for you to speak with a veterinary triage professional about your dog or cat. We are dedicated to helping pet parents develop a plan of action during your pet's time of need. And there is a consultation fee, and I think it's peanuts. It's $49.99, and you pay that over the phone, yeah? And this is exactly how it works. So like I said, you notice something's wrong, and you need assistance straight away. You're worried. You don't know what to do. And, of course, you know, our pets are part of our family. So, of course, we, we want to make sure we get them taken care of in a timely manner. So you call the hotline. And you're connected to a veterinary triage professional who can help you. They will talk you through what's going on, taking into account your pet's personal history. So they're going to ask you a lot of questions, yeah? Um, here's, another, here's a tip from me. Have, those, have information on your phone about your pet. You know, are they taking any medications at that time? Um, you know, the age, what vaccines they've had. I mean, have that on your phone on a little note. Because when they start asking you that stuff, you may forget some stuff if you're panicked. So have that on your phone. And what the veterinary staff is going to do is going to give you advice and guidance based on this conversation that you're going to have with them. So make sure you're very clear and you don't miss anything out. Uh, they care about your privacy. I think that's an important thing. So, you know, you're totally fine when it comes to paying for that service over the phone. Uh, security is of, of real importance to them. So you don't have to worry about that either because some people get a little bit freaked out about doing things over the phone. And then what they'll do is they will I say it, they will give you advice and guidance based on your conversation. What they also do, and this is what I really like about the service, they will notify your vet. 
Immediately after their call, your vet will receive a case summary detailing your discussion. I think that is a great part of the service. Um, and then from there, there was another question I wanted to just, uh, where is it? Didn't I put it all in here? Oh, hang on one second, because I know I had a little question. For example, I think it was, if I'm not wrong, you go, well, what happens after that? You know, can I call them back? And I think they offer uh, two more calls within a 24-hour period of your initial call as a follow-up. I, I need to double-check that, though, on my phone, and I'll do that on the break. So this is the great thing, and they may, you know, they may say to you, you can do this for now, blah, 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 blah. Tomorrow, though, get to your vet. So when you get to your vet, they're going to have that information from that call. And I think it's an absolutely brilliant service. For that, it's nothing. $49.99. And after hours vet is at least $200 just to show up. Oh, it's probably more than that, Jim, I would think. Mm -hmm. You know, so I just think it's a, a, a brilliant lifeline that you can get hold of someone immediately and then... You know, should you, you know, they may say, hey, you know what, get off to emergency right now, but you can do this, you know, in the meantime, as you get there, whatever. They're going to advise you of what you need to do. I, to me, I think it's wonderful. It's horrible when stuff happens in the middle of the night because you feel very vulnerable. You go, oh my gosh, what are my options? I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do. And a lot of people don't even know where to go. They have no idea, you know, where their nearest emergency vet is. And a lot of them assume that their vet is open 24 hours a day and they're not. You know, that's another thing when you actually select a vet, you know, you need to check their hours. Do they have weekend hours? Do they have any late nights? You know, if not, then who, what's your backup for that? Well, now you can add this onto your list. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I'm so excited about this. Um, now, of course, if you want to, um, you know, learn a little bit more, of course, just hop over to their website, which I'm going to link everything out. Don't worry. And where I find this would be very, very helpful is say you're, you live quite rurally. You're in a rural area. And there is no emergency vet nearby. What mm -hmm. the heck are you going to do? I think this is just that fills that gap. Um, and I, I feel it's a service that is so needed. I don't know why we've not had it before now, in all honesty, but I think it's so needed, don't you, Jim? It's very good. You see, we have, this, like, we have this kind of stuff in England, and we have this with normal medical care in England where you can call and get, get a nurse on the phone and, you know, tell your symptoms and da-da-da-da-da. Now, hang on one second here because, no, I did have a, a, three more questions. Hang on, hang on, because there's more to this. Because I, what I've done in the past, when I've gone to the vet, and I don't know, say I'm dealing with a skin condition, I'm taking photos of my dogs and I'm taking video, yeah? Because I feel that's easier sometimes. Or if it's a, or if there's a weird limp, I can video it and show my vet and say, take a look at this, what do you think's going on there? Now, I do know, let me get here, because I put some more notes down. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit all over the place with this, because I thought it had updated on my iPad, but clearly it had not done that. Let me scroll down. Um, there we go, we've done all that. Uh here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, that, that consultation fee of $49.99 includes speaking directly to the veterinary triage professional about your dog or cat, talking you through what's going on, taking into account your pet's personal history, and then providing you with that advice and that guidance based on your conversation. And again, that info goes straight to your vet as well. They also include in the fee are up to two follow-up calls within 48 hours, 48 hours of the initial call. I think that's incredibly helpful. And I mean, when you dilute that down, you've got three calls at $49 and the advice. Mm -hmm. Personally, I would charge twice as much because <laughs> I think it's worth it. And it gives you the opportunity to check back in with that vet. So if you if like you say, you're rural, you're not near a vet, I think that's a brilliant service. Um, oh, I'm just absolutely you know, thrilled about that. I just absolutely thrilled about that. Um, that's definitely going in my phone, that's for sure. But what they're going to do is give you peace of mind by talking you through your pet's needs and, and, and potentially develop, developing a plan of, of action. So whether you it's... You said develop. I know. I'm just like hybriding words today. I feel, like, I feel like I need to start this whole thing from the very, very top, and I might. Develop. Because it's been a bit all over the place. <laughs> a little bit all over the place. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Let me do a recap. I feel that was like that was a bit all over the sh all over the show as we like to say. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to recap for you. In my mind, 
one of the best services that you could ever wish to have is the Pet Emergency Hotline, powered by the ASPCA. And it was uh, Kimmy Whitehead who uh, reached out to me to give me this information of this service that she's got. And I feel that everybody needs to know about this because often you just don't know that these great things, you know, exist. So if you're having something going on with your pet at a very strange, random time of day, middle of the night, like my Thornton swallowed something and I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And it can be anything from vomiting, diarrhea, you know, uh, lethargy, they've lost their appetite, runny nose, all those things that worry us to death and we just don't know where to turn sometimes. Then what you'll do is you will call the... um, Oops, you will call the hotline, the number 1-844-867-387. So once you've noticed something is wrong, you're going to give them a call. You'll pay for your consultation fee over the phone, and it is secure, $49.99. And then what they're going to do is based on the information you give them and your pet's history, the veterinary triage professional is going to walk you through what's going on take into account all the information that you've given them and then tell you what you need to do. And it can be anything from your pet's going to be fine, don't worry, or this is something you're going to do at home, or uh, they'll be okay if you do this today, but you must go to the vet. Or they may say, go straight to the emergency vet. And all that information then is sent over to your your veterinarian. And, you know, should you need to follow up, it's going to be there. And then everybody's on the same page, same information. Within 48 hours, there can be up to two more follow-up phone calls, which I think is a wonderful service because sometimes you want to just check in and go, this is what's happening. Things look better. Great. Yay. You know, that's what you're hoping for. And it's a wonderful service for people who, um, are, you know, you're remote. I mean, you could be on holiday. You could be on holiday. You have no idea. You know, you're in New York. Where the heck do I go with my pet? Well, and usually it always happens when there's not convenient hours. Always. <laughs> like we learned the we learned the the um, ant poison thing after hours. We learned the peroxide to get them to vomit after hours, right? Well, that's that was one um, emergency thing we had to do with with our um, our veterinarian. Uh, that's not something that you would just uh, just do yourself. That was our vet after hours. That yeah, was, it was. Uh, you know. just have to be... No, I think it was daytime. It was when he swallowed the, the red headband. Uh, but our vet guided us through that. But um, And I think that's something you have to be very aware of because our vet has, has told us to do that. That's not something you should be doing all the time because, for example, the vet has to determine if that's the right method. Because say, for example, your pet has, uh, say, ingested something that's caustic. You don't want them to vomit and get a second burn, mm-hmm. you know, by that coming back up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, often people say, yeah, do the, do the, um, you know, the peroxide thing. No, 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 no. Call the vet. Call the vet. Because that is not a, uh, that is not a remedy for everything. It really isn't. But, uh, but yeah, it's always at really weird times. You could be on holiday and you have no clue where you would go for to see a veterinarian um so yeah so i think it's a brilliant service the follow-up is absolutely fantastic and like i said i'm a person that loves a little video and photographs so my first thing in my head was will i be able to facetime them well anyway get this Uh, or can i email them and of course speaking to someone is the way to communicate but they said they currently only offer their service by dialing the number i'll say it again 1-844-867 uh, pets, P-E-T-S, and they believe it's important for pet parents or guardians to talk directly to the veterinary triage professionals in real time, but chat and video functions are being explored. Stay tuned. I think that's great. Uh, as I say, we have that for, for the medical field back home, so I think that's, you know, uh, that would be a great way to be able to show them what's going on with your pet. Um, very, very excited about this service. Don't worry. This will be one of those things that is on my um it's kind of like this list of essentials you know for me like my top top uh groomer my top pet sitter my top trainer this is going to go on here and uh, i think it's a great service to everybody and gives you peace of mind but um yeah really really impressed about that i'm glad i did the recap because i said that's a little bit all over the place now this also can really help the just the veterinary world in itself because they are overloaded and i don't know if you know this jim but female veterinarians are three and a half times more likely than the general population to commit suicide 
I've seen lots of them commit suicide. I heard that veterinarians and dentists. Yes, are the dentists high too. So if you think about this, you're a single owned practice. It is so overwhelming. I mean, so overwhelming. And you know, what if you can't help because you're you're closed? And then you know, someone you know from your practice gets hold of you and say, "I couldn't get hold of you, and this happened to my dog." I mean, I can't imagine how that feels. So I would think this would be without having to have staff that cover you know through the evenings, you know that uh, you know managing phones and on the weekends. This can be something that veterinarians could partner with, and now they can say, "Hey." For after hours, this is who you're going to call. I think it's a great partnership, and I think everybody needs to know about this service, and I think veterinarians who are overwhelmed absolutely would benefit, and in the, and in the long run, it also benefits their patients too. So there you go. There you go. I got through it, finally. <laughs> the Pet Emergency Hotline, powered by ASPCA, and I want to thank Kimmy for reaching out to me and sharing this incredible service that they've created. And we do believe that everybody needs to know about it. Right. That said, let's take a quick break, Mr. Tw- Mr. Twix. <laughs> Just call Jim Mr. Twix. Oh Come on, Mr. Twix. Let's take a quick break. Let's run a commercial. When we come back, we're going to talk about this interesting link between your dog's joints and anxiety. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Has your pet ever suffered from digestive issues, anxiety, or joint pain? We want to address these issues and more with high-grade CBD oil from Alpha, made specifically for your furry friends. Using Alaskan salmon oil as a carrier, Alpha Pet's 500 CBD oil is lab-tested for quality, consistency, and safety. Plus, we are giving Pet Life Radio listeners 25% off and free shipping with code PL25 for a limited time. So visit myalphacbd.com slash dogs now. That's myalphacbd.com forward slash dogs. Because your furry friends are family. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam, your host, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Just before the break, we talked about the pet emergency hotline uh, that is now available should you find yourself in a pickle. Now, we're moving on to an interesting link, surprising link between your dog's joints and anxiety. Now, I do get, well, first of all, you all know, I do like Dr. Karen Becker a great deal. And she is part of, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Dr. Mercola. Dr. Mercola. 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 Okay. Now I know. Now I know. But I get tons of their articles and I do read them and, it, you know, for pets and Mercola's people. Mercola's for people and, yeah. People and pets. Actually, we use the eye supplement for our mm-hmm. dogs. Um, yeah. So I get some really, really interesting um, articles and follow lots, lots of things that uh, Dr. Karen Beck is talking about. But this was one of theirs. And there's a surprising link between your dog's joints and anxiety. Hmm. Some people have a condition called hypermobility in which tissues holding a joint together, mainly ligaments, and the joint capsule are too loose. Weak muscles around the joint can also contribute to joint laxity. Joint hypermobility is often referred to as a doubled jointedness. I used to hate that when people say that as a kid. When you do the splits, oh, you're double jointed. No, I think I just got two <laughs> two hips, two knees. Double hiplets. But that's what hiplets. <laughs> but that's what people call it. Anyway, people with hypermobility uh, can move certain joints, typically in the knees, shoulders, elbows, wrists, and fingers, easily and painlessly beyond that normal range of motion. You know that kind of creeps you out when you're a kid, like ah, that's horrible. You know when they were <laughs> sway back knees and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, you've seen uh, Jim's doing it right now, where your thumb can touch your wrist and or your forearm, or you place your hands flat on the floor without bending their knees. Oh, yeah, because the knees sway back. Oh, anyway, this condition condition tends to be inherited. Who even knew that? And the genes responsible for the production of collagen, an important protein that helps to bond the tissues together, probably plays a role in that. So hypermobility can cause pain in the affected joints, but often it causes no physical symptoms and requires no medical intervention. I don't know what you could do about that. Tighten up the ligaments. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let, let's just wind it up like like a clock. You know, tighten it up. Uh, it's especially common in children, but often improves as they get older. And interestingly, several published studies dating back to the late eighties reported an association between joint hypermobility in humans and psychri- psychiatric symptoms and disorders, specifically anxiety. <gasps> Gosh, I would love to ask people this: If you've got anxiety, how are your joints? Because wouldn't that be interesting to go, huh, okay. But like humans, some dogs also inherit and develop joint hypermobility. We've all seen that. Um, A team of researchers in the university. Why can't I speak today? I did all of my warm-up this morning. (laughs) I don't know. I'm really hyper. Oh, how are your joints? It did nothing for me. So researchers in the University of Barcelona decided to see if a non-human species with this hypermobility would also be prone to anxiety. And they chose dogs as their study subjects since joint hypermobility occurs in canines. And it is a risk factor for hip dysplasia. I think you've all heard about that. And one of the most prevalent orthopedic diseases in dogs worldwide. Just awful, isn't it? Anyway, the likelihood of a dog... um, Developing hip dysplasia is often evaluated using pen HIP, pen hip, and it's a method in which x-rays of the hip joints are taken under extension while the dog is put under. And it's primarily a measure of the hip joint hypermobility. Now, the Canine Behavioral Assessment Research Questionnaire, other, otherwise known as CBARC, it's a widely used tool to assess 13 behavioral characteristics in dogs, and they include stranger-directed aggression, owner-directed aggression, dog-directed aggression and fear, familiar dog-directed aggression, trainability chasing, stranger-directed fear, non-social fear, separation-related problems and touch sensitivity, excitability, attachment, slash attention-seeking and energy. That's a big list. Anyway, in Barcelona, they uh, they worked with the Seeing Eye, which is a charitable organization, uh, with a large database of guide dogs that are routinely assessed for hip joint hypermobility and behavior traits using that pen hip and sea bark. And they pulled together the records of um, over five and a half thousand dogs. So they could evaluate for both of these conditions in a non-invasive manner. So lots of dogs. Um, and it's important to note, they said that the dogs involved in the study were bred, raised and trained to be working dogs. So they, they would have a lower general prevalence of problem behavior compared to the larger population of dogs. This is making me think, that statement. Raising trained to be working dogs. I don't know. We often see hip dysplasia through these breeds, don't we? Sometimes, <laughs> you know. You mean working dogs like the herding breeds? I don't know. It just, it just saying working dogs, but they include, of course, you know, we always associate Goldens and Labrador Retrievers, German Shepherds, Lab German Shepherd Crosses. Um so, you know, the question was, do dogs with joint hypermobility suffer more anxiety than dogs with normal hips? And so what they found was that female dogs were 3.66 times more likely to have high joint hypermobility uh, in scores above males, which is consistent with findings in humans. Hmm. And uh, golden retrievers, whoa, 8.58 times more likely to have hypermobility scores. And labs and German shepherds were about five times more likely to have lowest scores. Hmm, so your golden retrievers are not doing too well there, are they, Jim? Um, The dogs with high joint hypermobility scores also had higher scores for excitability and aggression towards familiar dogs. And as the researchers explain, it is in their published report, excitability is a fundamental characteristic of emotional responses and is used as an indication of the ease with which an individual enters a state of high emotional arousal in response to an external stimulus or event. 
Now, CBARC defines a highly excitable dog as one that shows significant behavioral arousal, including barking or yelping at the slightest disturbance, rushing toward and around any source of excitement, and having difficulty calming down. And in, in us humans, increased arousal, even in the presence of a neutral stimuli, is linked with anxiety symptoms. And in both humans and dogs, high levels of arousal seem to impair top-down cognitive inhibition. So that has been linked to the anxiety itself. Now, aggression towards familiar dogs is defined as uh, by these researchers as a situation of species-specific social conflict between two or more dogs living in the same household. And as such, wouldn't be strongly influenced by the specialized rearing and training that assistance dogs receive. Interestingly, though, these researchers wrote in their study that canine intragroup conflict usually includes a dimension of ambivalence and anxiety, which which helped explain the association that they found between this form of aggression and joint hypermobility. Yeah. So here's the translation. There's an element of anxiety involved when dog housemates have conflicts. So this might explain why the dogs in the study with higher joint mobility, hypermobility, and therefore, higher anxiety scores also exhibit more aggression towards familiar dogs. So it's linking the three together. The research team, they concluded that their results suggest a positive association between hip joint hypermobility, emotional arousal in domestic dogs, which par- parallels results found in people. We're more like animals than we even realize, do we, Jim? Mm-hmm. When you think about it. Uh, but they said many years ago, their research group discovered a relationship between hypermobility and anxiety in which people with more joint mobility and flexibility also tended to have more problems with anxiety. How for the, now, for the first time, they're able to demonstrate that this association exists in non-human species. And that lead author was Professor, ooh, let's pronounce this, Huami, Huami, Huami Fatio. That's how I'm going to leave that one. That's the professor's name, <laughs> according to me. <laughs> so they gave you some, um, that's quite a bit to actually think about, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're saying that, you know, you know, there's some tips and tricks to calm an anxious dog. I mean, no one needs an anxious dog anyway, you know, and these were some of the tips that they put on here. I'm wondering if, if they don't have anxiety, does it improve? Hmm. If they don't have anxiety, they have good hips. If you can no, if you can if you can work on the anxiety, I'm saying. You know, if you deal with the anxiety, will it improve that? The hips. Yes. I don't know. Is it something you can impact that way? Mm. I think maybe you fix the hips and you fix the anxiety, maybe the other way around. Or maybe 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 if the anxiety's still there, it will always revert back. So many questions, so many questions. Anyway, countless dogs do suffer anxiety in today's world. You know what? I think a lot of dogs suffer a lot of boredom, in all honesty. I don't think people do enough with their dogs. And I think doing things with your dogs is going to help them, you know. But you're hearing more and more about dogs with anxiety. Um, And they say far more than the population of dogs with hip dysplasia. Uh Thankfully, there are many things you can do to help soothe your canine companion's nervousness. Make sure your dogs get plenty of exercise, playtime, mental stimulation. We've been doing tons of that recently. Attention and affection. Daily rigorous exercise is one of the most overlooked free and effective treatments for reducing stress. And very few pet parents take the advantage of this. This treatment, in uh, quotes there, should not be optional. It's the very best way to improve behavior over time for free. Absolutely. And like I said, we've been doing lots of mental stimulation. We've got snuffle mats right now for the dogs, breaking up treats, hide them in the snuffle mats. Oh, they just love that sniffing, snuffling around, find those treats. Oh, it's it's great to watch them actually enjoy themselves. Anyway, you can also consider adding a probiotic supplement or fermented vegetables to your dog's fresh, uh, nutritionally balanced, species-appropriate whole food diet. As uh, studies have shown, that probiotics reduce stress-related GI disturbances in dogs, and animals with healthy microbiomes are happier. That I, I was also reading um, not long ago, I think we covered it in a show, how gut health can directly relate a do- to a dog's behavior mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh you can aggression add, you that can add flat yeah you can add flower essence blend like solutions separation anxiety to your dog's drinking water and invest in an adaptal pheromone collar or diffuser 
And when your dog will be home alone, leave him with an article of clothing or blanket with your scent in it and a treat release toy. Place small treats in his favorite toys around the house for him to discover. That is one of the best things. You like to do that with the toys, don't you, Jimmy? Hide them all over. Yep. Make it a little, little challenging. And you can put on some some music. My dogs like to watch telly. They really enjoy TV. Um, yeah, of course, you can play calm music. Um it before you know what can be a stressor which is you leaving um it may help relax your dog and have the added bonus of drowning out distressing noises you know what we we did we talked to um alexa on uh july the fourth was it i said alexa play some white noise <laughs> and she worked very well Oh, during the um yeah it worked really well winds. Uh, and if your dog responds well to pressure applied to a body, invest in a wrap like thunder shirt. Also consider tea touch, a specific massage technique that can help anxious pets. Uh, there's lots you can do, and I think you should try everything and see what your dogs respond to. And of course, you can consult a holistic or integrative veterinarian about um, homeopathic or maybe some traditional Chinese medicine remedies. Uh, rescue remedy is a big one. Uh, CBD. Uh, people have had great success with CBD. There's the, the great um, back flower remedies that could be helpful in alleviating your dog's intermittent stress. And, um, you know, I think you just have to look at everything holistically. What's everything that you need to be doing? Uh, there are some calming nutraceuticals. <laughs> What's that? I want to change the word. It's nutraceuticals, but I want to call it nutraceuticals. I think it sounds cuter. Uh, calming nutraceuticals and herbs that can be of benefit include holy basil, L-theanine, rhodiola, ashwagandha. You take that, don't you, Jim? I took it a while ago. GABA, 5-HTP, CBD, and chamomile. And the essential oil of lavender has been proven to reduce stress in dogs. Um, of course, when you're using any kind of oils, make sure they are organic. You know where they're sourced from. You know what the carrier oil is. So important, especially if you've got cats and birds. So, yeah, just don't buy any old one. In fact, I'm going to tell you one I recommend. Formulated by a veterinarian used on all kinds of animals, including elephants. She works with elephants. And that is animalio. You say it as if you're Spanish. That's how she says it, too. Animalio, which is animal, E-O, as in essential oil. Animalio. It's, you can buy single source essential oils, but what I really like, what she specializes in, are these blends for very specific things, like anxiety. Um, uh, what are some of the other stress? Uh, bronchial stuff. And very specific how they have to be used. So you wouldn't just, you know, put them on neat or you wouldn't just throw them all in a diffuser and hope they work. It will tell you exactly if they can be diffused. If you actually put a couple of drops on your hands and you do the petting technique, it's it's a it's a it's a fantastic product. It is safe for your pets because it's formulated for your pets. And it's the only one that I found that is formulated for your pets by a veterinarian that I would trust. I use it myself. I have one that's just a general one for uplifting your mood and it's called Sunshine in a Bottle. And it smells like sunshine in a bottle, but it's brilliant. Uh, so be very careful with that. I mean, I know it's boring to go and research things. It's so boring. There's so much information out there. Some of it's conflicting. And, you know, if someone says to you, hey, use this oil. It worked great for my, my dog. You know, you need to f don't take that word. Just take the word for it. You know, research the actual product. And like I'm telling you right now, Animalio formulated by a veterinarian, tested, batch tested, formulated for very specific um, issues and um, lots of information on there, a lot of information. She also has a group, Dr. M uh, Melissa Shelton. She has a group on Facebook. You can ask questions in there. She's always on there. I don't know how she answers as many questions as she does. It's absolutely insane. But a lot of people on there and, and reporting they're getting great results. Now, moving on, um... They also talked on here about, you know, maybe you've just recently adopted your dog and they're having a bit of a tough time settling down. And, um, you know, you can use all of these things, you know, to really help help that dog reduce its anxiety and stress. But it, if you find that it is starting to get much worse, you you I would definitely pay a vet a visit to your vet. Talk to your vet, you know, because you may need something different there. Uh, in regards to anxiety. But isn't that an interesting article, yeah. Jim? Now I'm going to start asking everyone who I know has anxiety. Do you, what's wrong? Do you have like trouble with your hips? <laughs> well, it's funny though. You know that you know, like, you have, yeah. in times of the year when we can't get out a lot and get out 
for walks and sniffs, mm. they get stir crazy, they cabin do. fever. They do. I mean, we we don't really suffer it in winter. We suffer it in winter in summer. It's too hot. It's just brutal. I mean, there were just a couple of weeks where I just thought, I'm sick of being in the house too. You know, they were. You literally can't walk five minutes without burning burning their feet, and you can't do that to your dogs. But uh, so that's why you know we we're doing snuffle mats and chew bones and we're going to start doing stuffed kongs and all that good stuff uh one thing you do have to be careful of with kongs is that uh you know that the the the, the dogs can't get their tongues stuck in them because that's happened before with dogs you just have to be very as if you had a baby you know all the things you would do to keep your baby, baby safe do the same for your dogs <laughs> that's that there you go well i thought what we would do after that so we've covered an essential service, which is the pet emergency hotline, an essential service that everybody should put in their phone immediately. Now we've covered that connection between anxiety and the hips. And here's the thing. We, I think we're really becoming, coming into a time where people are really starting to make this connection that mind, body is so important that everything does work together and can affect you all at the same time. If you are stressed, it can affect things in your body. So I think we need to do the same with our pets. Instead of always thinking this is a physical thing, it may not be a physical thing. And what I find is, you know, say someone asks a question in a dog training group about a behavior, the first thing they think is they can train that behavior away, which you may be able to. But for example, like we talked about with aggression, hmm, what's that dog's gut biome like? Do they have a good gut is it you know so you'll find that your dog trainers will think it's a training issue uh your people who are really big on their nutrition for their pets will think nutrition will fix it It could not be that it could be an actual uh, physical thing you know so it's i think it's important to look at the big picture big picture stuff what else could be connected to this and it, it it always is connected to something nothing works independently you know your liver doesn't work by itself without being connected to something else, you know. Um, and we all know what stress can do to our bodies too. So let's do the same for our pets and really look at that. And we talked a few few weeks ago. Um, I did a I did a whole day of interviews with with great people that came in for SuperZoo. And I was talking to Dr. Liz Bales and she um she created the um the hunter feeder system for cats. And she was telling me that 70 percent of cats are stressed out in the home. Because they're bored. Bored out their brains. They can't be a cat because there's nothing provided for them to be a cat. And she created this system whereby it looks like six little plastic mice and you put food in all six of them. Three of them uh, you put out in the morning in various places in the house so that they get to hunt for their food and eat their food and have a little nap. Uh, pretty much mimicking what they would do, you know, in the wild if they're eating, you know, a few little mice a day and whatever. And then you put another three out at night time so they don't wake you up. Um, <laughs> and they're busy doing their thing and eating. And um, and as reporting back that, you know, people are saying the, the cats are happier, the anxiety's gone, they're not wee-weeing outside of their litter trays because they're happier cats. So um, I think our animals should not be a convenience and, and making them just fit in with our lives. I think we have to look at what we're supposed to provide for them. And that is, you know, the, back to those five freedoms of animal welfare, you know, space, um, plenty of space, a place to be comfortable, uh, a place to be quiet, to be able to play with their own kind so that other cats and dogs, those kind of things, good nutrition, prompt medical care. And, um, you know, I think once you look at all those things, put them all together, you can end up with happy pets and give them what they need. Let them be dogs, let them be cats, let them be rabbits, and you will have much, much happier pets. It makes me sad when I hear that pets are stressed out. That's terrible. That should not be their life at all. <laughs> That's for us. <laughs> That's for us to deal with. <laughs> um, so let's finish the show on a really sweet uh, note, a really sweet note. It's quite a big article, actually. And um, I read this on, um, it was actually the Today Show and uh, online. And it was about shelter pets finding homes while working as hotel lobby dogs. Yeah, they're not really working, but that's what they wanted to call it. They're innovative programs that allow dogs to socialize and enjoy, you know, um, a more pampered, free, freer setting, uh, get some exercise and also get to meet people and uh, maybe meet people who might not necessarily be looking for a pet, but 
there, there's the pet in the lobby, yeah? And so you can walk into a variety of hotels. For example, the, uh, the lobby at the Inn by the Sea, which is on the oceanfront in Maine, and that's near Portland. And you'll be greeted by a smiling human and a tail-wagging dog. What is that noise? Oh, my gosh, I thought something had exploded. <laughs> what is it? I don't know what is it, it is. Dog? No, it's not. I've got, I'm rubbing one dog with one foot, so I know it's not this one. Um, I'm multitasking right now. But you'll be greeted by a human being and a tail-wagging dog. Um, and it could be any kind of dog, young, old, big, small, three legs, doesn't really matter. But one thing you will know is that they are up for adoption. And um, Raimi was one of the dogs, uh, one of 148 lobby dogs that were adopted through In By The Sea by guests that came from across the country. How amazing is that? And one, you're probably not expecting that, but to then maybe you spend a week there and you see that dog every day and you go, I want to adopt that dog. But they did 148 adoptions and blown away by that. So they said for several years, the inn just fostered dogs from a nonprofit called Animal Refuge League of Greater Portland to give those guests a chance to interact with a dog and potentially take one home. And yeah, and it worked. 148 were adopted. And it's run by Rowney Q. And uh, I think it's a great program. And he's... Um, yeah, I think that's a really, really great program. Whoever thought it up, brilliant. They said they care for the dog, give it a temporary home where, uh, where they, where uh, you know, until somebody falls in love with it and adopts the dog. I just can't tell you how many guests have said to us, there's no way we would have gone to a shelter. And it's true, people don't want to go. They're horrible places to go. Modern sheltering is very different. If you happen to 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 be in a city where you know a shelter was purpose built they're very bright and positive they're not like a prison they're not falling apart you know but generally shelters are pretty rough and people don't want to go down there so they just decided well i don't want to go so i don't want to get another dog because i just can't bear the thought of going down there but they fell in love with the dog behind a desk <laughs> it's oh, i just oh, i'm blown away by this i really am but the staff they say are very proud of the program uh, having found homes for all kinds of breeds and mixers, a blind dog, um, even a bonded pair that were adopted together. And because that property is pet friendly, they have a gourmet dog menu, a special area where guests can dine with their pups. Oh, <laughs> it's just great. And there's loads of the former lobby dogs come back as guests themselves. <gasps> That's like a rags to riches. That's like an Annie. Yeah. That's like the movie. Tom Branson. That's like, oh yeah, it is. It's like Tom Branson from Downton Abbey was a servant and then ended up Marion Lady um, Edith. No. no. Sibby. Sybil. Yeah. He married Sybil. He ended up living in the house and blah, blah, blah. And it's fabulous. But yeah, it's a great story. It's like, it's like Annie from the orphanage. Oh, I just think it's lovely. They get, to see, they get to see old friends. It's really fun to see them with their new families a year or two later. Uh, and then in California, they do it at uh, the Western Mission Hills Golf Resort and Spa in uh, Rancho Mirage. Um, very similar program. It's called the Dog Samaritans Adoption Project in partnership with a nonprofit called Animal Samaritans. And, uh, you know, a lobby dog hangs out a little dog house in a playpen so the guests can spend time cuddling the pooch or taking them for a walk themselves on the property. And uh, uh, the, the dog house re resembles a hotel. <laughs> Very clever. Very clever marketing too. And it helps those dogs get used to being socialized with people and children and uh, a chance to spend time with the dog. And uh, it can be very particularly mean meaningful, they say, especially if you're traveling, you're not traveling with your own dog. Uh, now, Rachel Wood, no, Raquel Wood, actually, she's the executive assistant to the general manager who runs this program. They've rehomed 137 dogs. Wow. Uh, some by program. Yeah, some by vacationing families, business travel, travelers. And, you know, they say people really enjoy you know, walking the dogs between their meetings and then they fall in love with them. <laughs> Eight have gone to Canada with their new families. So it can, it can happen. It just, they can make it happen for you. And um, they said uh, there was a dog called French who was adopted from the West End and they had a big lobby celebration. Feedback's been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, they said um, she's sometimes there's a, there's a guest complaint from someone who's allergic to pet dander. Um, but then those people are referred to their sister property next door that doesn't allow pets. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's a little bit like when we stayed in San Diego and we happened to be in a motel with people going to Disney. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, those kids, those crackadon kids were up at five o'clock in the morning screaming, woke us up, got the dogs barking. My dogs were not barking first. They were not. But you know how it goes. They're going to blame you and the dog. And it went on until those kids left. It was horrible. Anyway, and without dogs, it was completely unacceptable, the screaming. I'll be honest with you. So we went downstairs and we said, listen. Dogs were barking because we've got screaming kids next door, blah, blah, blah. They've triggered them. We'll we'll leave. We understand. We'll just leave. And they said, no, we're going to move them. <laughs> so they moved them away from us, which was great. <laughs> so I do like the fact that they can they can accommodate them in their, their other property. Uh, every August, the hotel hosts a free reunion for people who have adopted dogs at the program and the staff and the volunteers all get together. The chef cooks peanut butter cookies for the canine guests and bartends mixed dog-themed cocktails like salty dogs and frisky chihuahua margaritas. And they call it, what do they call that? What do they call that, Jim? You know what they call that. Uh, yeah. What do they call it? Your trademark. They call it yappy hour. But I'll forgive them. I own the trademark on it, the copyright. I will forgive them, and I'll tell you why I'll forgive them. Because they're helping animals, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. But they say it's great to see the dogs. They're thriving. They're really, really happy. And, oh, very rewarding indeed. Now, there's another program. This one is in uh, Aloft Asheville, uh, downtown in North Carolina. Uh, they've done it with three of their properties. And um, it's managed by McKibben Hospitality. And uh, 95 dogs have been adopted um, there. Actually, No. Well over, whoa, well over 300 dogs. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And they um, they started that program in 2014, a chance encounter on an airplane with a board member of the nonprofit Charlie's Angels Animal Rescue. Do you know how much I love that name? And the first lobby dog was Charlie. Char- it was from Charlie's Angels, a chihuahua named Gabriel, and adopted after only three days. So they knew it was working. And uh, they take dogs from all kinds of backgrounds, even sad, sad situations where their owners have passed away. Uh, or people just don't want them, or they've been abused, they said. But it just makes them so happy that they can make, make a big difference and, and get them these homes and they're well taken care of, you know, until they get into their forever homes. And um, uh, what else? There's another one down here. Oh, one of them said, I would come back into the office and, and there'd be this one dog uh, sitting in my chair waiting for me. And um, the dog was named Ladybug. And anyway, she said Ladybug took to following uh, one of the staff members around the place and so eventually she she just took her home <laughs> she became her dog <laughs> uh nashville tennessee i don't know the bobby hotel in nashville do you jim nope anyway Sa- sasha the lobby dog she was available for adoption it's a boutique hotel and um they even printed special towels for every room with the pup's face on it and when the guests purchase the towels the hotel donates the proceeds to the country road animal rescue so creative um, and it's a nonprofit that's rescued uh, the dog from beneath a bridge. And so far, they've donated $6,000 in that dog's honor. She was under a bridge. Oh, my goodness. But now she's the most beloved mascot of the Bobby Hotel in Nashville. Are we doing any trips back to Nashville at any point? Oh, we might be. It's not official, is it? I think I'm playing there in December. Oh, well, I'm going. I've got to go. I've got to go to this hotel and find out what this is all about. And they say she's a member of the family. Oh, she's got an important job. And she's part of the hotel crew. I think it's wonderful. I can imagine it's great when people come back in time and time again and they go, oh, we're going to go see her. It's so great. Oh, so exciting. Uh, also, there's a, a hotel in uh, Hawaii. A field trip from the Kauai Humane Society. Shadyside Inn All Suites in Pittsburgh does it as well, Jim. Shady, you know Shadyside. Okay, yeah. And uh, what they do is that when guests stay five or more nights, the hotel will cover up to $250 in an adoption fee if the guest decides to adopt a dog at home or on vacation. Wow, that is so good. Um, And that is the nonprofit Pittsburgh uh, Aviation Animal Rescue Team. And uh, it ties into their passion for animals and rescue of love of pets. And they said it's a program we'll probably just continue doing until they Bury me, said uh, the uh, Jonathan Plessett. He's the president and CEO of the hotel, co-founder of that nonprofit. Oh, yeah. 
I have to be friends with all of these people, Jim. That's really important to me. But they say even if a hotel doesn't offer a rescue program, travelers can check with local animal shelters about programs for people on vacation. For instance, uh, Kauai Human Society in Hawaii offers shelter dogs on field trips in which tourists can borrow a dog to go on a hike or hit the beach. It's lovely that. Get them out of those shelters. It's just great. They run that program six days a week. And they say it's grown so popular now that upwards of 18 dogs get to head out on adventures every day. That is a robust we'll program. We'll do that next time we go to California. Yeah, that's a really robust program. Oh, it gives them extra exercise and socialization. And they wear a little vest that says, adopt me. And it's a chance to meet people outside of the shelter and get adopted. Super, super helpful, she said, for the dogs. And people write to us all the time how it was the highlight of their trip. Oh, I should probably just write an article on this, you know, where people can go and how they can get involved in this kind of stuff. They say it's a lovely way to give back to the local community. And they said the guests not only have a really fun time taking a dog out and doing all that stuff for there, but they, they've really added satisfaction of knowing I made a difference in this dog's life today and they've made a difference in the community in which I am visiting. And that's such a special opportunity. So glad we covered that on the show because that closes out the show just perfectly, doesn't it, Jim? Very good. So remember, everyone, you can help an animal in need. Either rescue, adopt, donate, volunteer, share their information, walk one uh, in a shelter while you're on vacation, or even adopt them. (laughs) Rescue your next family member, replace the workshop with adopt, and, of course, be kind to all animals. And uh, thank you, Jim, very much for pushing the buttons. And thank you, Mr. Twix, for letting me uh, massage you with my foot (laughs) while I do a show. I'm getting very skilled in this. And please take a moment to like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to post pictures of your pets. Tag me and tell me all about them. Don't forget to tell me their name. People do always forget to tell me their pet's name. Always. Anyway, uh, thanks again to Jim. Uh, really enjoyed today's show. We're actually in our new studio, which I have to thank Zoe and Sven, the founders of Rockstar Dog Food from the UK, very soon to launch in the States. It is bio-organic dog food. We actually don't have that here in the States. It's next level. And why I'm thanking them is they were here in Vegas for Super Zoo. They had a fantastic booth all set up with lovely IKEA furniture. And they gave me their Ikea furniture. So I redid the studio and it looks great. So I probably should post a picture at some point. So I do have to thank them for that. I'm really enjoying the space. It's very light and airy now, isn't it, Jim? We've redone it and I'm really happy about that. So thank you, Zoe and Sven. And of course, Rockstar. Because if it wasn't for their dog and her and them creating that food and being in Vegas, I never would have met them and I never would have got the furniture. <laughs> and that's how that went down. So today, remember... You've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio, where it is all about our pets, people, and pop culture. I'm your host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. And always kiss your pets good morning and good night, and I will see you next time. You've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. You've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, Pop culture. Visit Vegas Rock Dog Radio for more information. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe on iTunes and iHeartRadio. And remember, give your fur babies a big kiss from me, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. You must not rely on the information in this broadcast from our hosts as an alternative to medical advice from your veterinarian. If you have any specific questions about a medical matter regarding your pets, you should consult your veterinarian or specialist. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.